morning again, church. We're glad you are here. If you're just joining us online, maybe somebody shared a link and you've kind of popped in or you're here for the first time, welcome to the house. We are glad you're here. My name is Matthew. I get to serve as one of the pastors here. And uh, we're going to open some scripture and share a little bit. And, and I believe God's going to speak to your heart and uh, to all of us today. And so go with me in your Bibles to Luke 11. Whether you have a printed version or a digital version, join me and Luke 11. 11 will be there in a minute. Today's a, a great, wonderful day. Not only is it the Super Bowl Sunday and the Chiefs are going to dominate, come on, uh, but today is also our youngest, uh, Annalise. It's her eighth birthday. We're celebrating a little bit today. Tomorrow is my wife, Amber. Her birthday is tomorrow. She's not turning eight. Um, I won't say any more other than that. Uh, we have growth track that's happening during the 11 o'clock uh, time slot in uh, here at the building. And so if you're looking to get connected, find out more. Growth track is your first step. And, and we have connect groups all getting ready to launch as well, where we gather in smaller numbers and build caring friendships and relationships and kind of grow spiritually. And so as those things are all kicking off, we want to invite you to take your next step. Now, one thing you need to know here at Faith Church, uh, we are a talk back or type back kind of a church. Here's what that means. That means it's perfectly acceptable and expected for you to say amen out loud every once in a while or type amen in the chat. Can I get an amen? Some of you didn't grow up in a space or in, in, in church like that. I want you to know it's perfectly all right, and we enjoy it every once in a while. The better you amen, the faster I preach and you can go eat. I'm just saying there's something about that that helps along. Have you found your way to Luke chapter 11 yet? Luke 11, starting in verse 1. Now, we've been studying in this collection, practice prayer, out of Matthew chapter 6, as we've been walking line by line, bit by bit through what's known as the Lord's Prayer. Uh, but it's also found in a parallel passage in Scripture in Luke 11, a little simpler, a little more direct and to the point as Luke records it, but it also has some different components that I think today, as, as it goes on to share and talk about, Jesus continues the dialogue about prayer in Luke's Gospel, recording of it. And I want us to read Luke 11, starting at verse 1. We're going to read all the way through verse 13. Now, if you have a, a printed version, I encourage you to get out a pen and highlight some words that the Lord kind of speaks to your heart or kind of illuminates to you. If you have a digital, you can just kind of highlight along the way. If you have a Bible that you can't write in, find a different Bible uh, that you can write in, right? Change your mind a little bit, and it's all right to write on these pages. Luke 11, starting at verse 1, says this. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say this, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Then Jesus said this. Suppose you have a friend. I like how he just assumes that we have friends. That's a good thank you, Jesus, for assuming we have a friend. Suppose you have a friend. And you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. 
a friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. Come on, that's a logical excuse, right? Like, now, you need to understand, in this time period, it was normal for people to arrive at other people's houses at night. Normally, you would be expecting them, but they would arrive at night because they would travel in the evening time because it was always hot during the day. So it was normal for them to show up, and it was also normal for them to ask for some bread. Now, the thing you need to understand about bread, and we're going to unpack this here in a minute, is just to kind of clue you in on what's happening in this illustration Jesus is giving us, is they would often go to the market first thing in the morning and buy enough bread for their family and maybe a little bit more for that day. They went to the market every day to get bread, fresh bread every day. And so this traveler showing up and saying, hey, we need some of that bread because these people have been traveling, they're hungry, and we want to show them good hospitality. He goes on to say, so this is a little bit of the backstory of what's happening. And the friend's like, I can't get up right now. My kids are all asleep. You're going to wake us all up. If I get up and I unlock the door, it's going to make some noise. And I don't think you want to put my two-year-old back to sleep, do you? Right? This is the conversation that is somehow being had without waking up everybody else in the house already. Verse 8 says, I tell you. Even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of your friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, somebody needs to underline those words, because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So, that's the case. Jesus says, I say this to you. Ask, and it will be given. Seek. And you will find, knock, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, would you give him a scorpion? If you then, though you're evil in your own way, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Somebody say, how much more? How much more will your Father who is in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? How much more? Friends, this is the word of the Lord. I want to bring a message to you today entitled, Speak Up. Speak up. Turn to your neighbor. Type it in the chat. Tell him, speak up. I can't hear you. Go ahead. Tell him, speak up. Speak up. Speak up. There have been many a times my children would be around the table, and we'll be preparing food of some sort, and uh, they will begin to describe, okay, they will begin to complain about what they don't have. I don't have any water. I don't have any of that mac and cheese. I don't, have, I don't have a fork. And I will simply say, I'm sorry, please speak up. I can't hear you through that whining. All I'm trying to get them to do is to speak up what they need. Not tell me the problem. Ask me for the solution that they're looking for. I'm just waiting for them to speak up enough. One way that we train this is when we go to restaurants we allow them and encourage them to speak up to the server 
and let them know what it is that they want to eat and order. Now, we don't do it when we go through a drive-thru because that would just be chaos. And, like, that's sometimes you can't hear one person to the screen. And it's just, it could be a problem. But when we go to a restaurant, we will encourage them. We'll say, now speak up. Tell them what you want. Friends, today I came to tell you, when you are talking to your Father in heaven, you can speak up. He's ready to hear you. As we approach this idea of practicing prayer, we need to understand that Jesus wants you to know he, God, your Father, wants you to speak up. He's not looking for you just to keep complaining. He's not looking for you to describe the problem. He's just waiting, what is it that you want? How many times would people encounter Jesus and they need healing or they needed him to do something or come with him somewhere and Jesus would simply ask, what is it that you want? What is it you're actually after? And he would wait and based on their response is how he would then interact and proceed. You and I can speak up when we pray and who is able to fulfill those things which you ask. We are in this particular portion now of the Lord's Prayer. We're getting to the point where it's known uh, often in, in kind of biblical studies and the, theologians will, will describe this section of the Lord's Prayer as the us petitions. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We're, we're getting into the space of the prayer where as we walk it through, we need to understand that you and I can make petitions to the Father in heaven. That he is waiting for you to pray. He's not waiting for you to ask the pastor to pray. He's not waiting for you to tell your connect group leader what it is that you're praying about. He's not waiting uh, for you to like mail it in like Santa in at the North Pole, waiting for your letter. to No, he is waiting for you to talk to him. He's waiting for you to speak up. What is it that's on your heart? What is it that's on your mind? What is it that's bothering you? What's weighing you down? What's missing and absent? He's waiting for you to speak up. And Jesus tells us to ask, to seek, and to knock. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, I, I absolutely love this section of scripture in Philippians chapter 4. But Philippians 4, verse 6, we're, we're, we're instructed this way. It says, do not be anxious about anything. Come on, we could just sit and meditate on that one for a minute. Hashtag 2020. <laughs> do not be anxious about anything but in every situation what kind of situations the ones that you're anxious about the ones that you're keeping yourself up at night worried about stressed about thinking about don't be anxious about anything but in every situation when your team is down by 10 in the fourth quarter we have a gut okay sorry i gotta get back to the text here don't want to read into the text today just want to in every situation when you're worried your job is on the line and when someone else is up for the same promotion, don't be anxious about nothing. When your kids are acting a fool and you want to send them back to their maker, be anxious about nothing. 
when the rules and the, you're not sure if you can go into this store, if you've got to wear one mask, seven masks, if you've got to sanitize, do a little dance, you're not sure what you're supposed to do, how to act anymore, be anxious about nothing in every situation by prayer and petition. Here's that word. By prayer and formally making an earnest request to a higher authority. By prayer and supplication or by prayer and petition. With some thanksgiving. He's not saying complain about your situation. He's just saying start to be thankful about some stuff. You know why we love to worship here at Faith Church? And why we're constantly inviting you to speak your own words of praise because you need to learn and I need to learn that something happens to me, in me, when I start giving thanks for something, even if I don't feel it in the moment. That's called faith. Faith isn't moved by how you feel. Faith is a decision that you make. It's a belief within you that says, I'm going to give some thanksgiving. I know I'm feeling anxious and overwhelmed, but I'm going to be thankful instead. And so by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, here's the instruction. Make your request to God. Speak up. Speak up. He's listening. Speak up. Speak up. Often uh, in this moment with our kids, uh, whether, whether they're worried about something at school or something is bothering them or some, something, they're not sure what's going on on the inside, I'll just simply say, have you talked to God about it? No. Well, then quit worrying about it. I mean, either worry or pray, but you can't do both. And the moment when you find yourself anxious and worried, that's the moment you need to pray the most. What is it that makes us anxious? Sometimes I think we're anxious because of things that are unknown. There are things that are unknown. And this is why we listen when we pray to God. Because if it's unknown to you, it's not unknown to him. I think sometimes we get anxious because we are uncertain about some things. There are some things that are just happening in your world, in your life, and in, in, in family relationships, and the dynamics of work and school. There are just some things that are uncertain in our lives. So you know what we do when things get uncertain? We need to remember that it is Father God who is in heaven, and he tenderly invites us to lean into his love. I don't, I don't know what kind of father you grew up with, Maybe you had a great earthly father who was loving and caring, and when things got uncertain, he would put his arm around you and tell you, it's going to be okay, I'm here with you. Maybe you had a father that was abusive, and you didn't want nothing to do with him. He was trash from day one, and you're like, I don't, I don't want, he was gone, he was absent. I don't know what kind of father you grew up in. All I'm saying is that no matter who they were on earth, your heavenly father is perfect, he is fully loving, and when you get in his love, in his presence, fear begins to move to the outskirts of your life. He is unlike any earthly father you've ever seen, good, bad, or indifferent. And Jesus goes through great lengths in his entire life, ministry, teaching, and the way he lived to help you understand that the God who is in heaven, who is all-knowing, always present, and all-powerful, wants you to recognize that he's your heavenly father. And so when things go uncertain, it's in that moment that you actually can lean in to his love and find certainty and confidence. Sometimes we get anxious when we lack something, when we, there's a deficit. Financially, there's a deficit relationship. There's a, uh, there's a gap between what we feel like we can do and what is required in the moment. 
and we feel anxious. Things are out of our control and we lack the ability to control the outcome and anxiousness and anxiety rises within us. And so when we go to God and present those requests and we're talking to him and we speak up about what it is that we feel a lack in, we can ask him to give us grace to fill in the space. His grace is what will fill in the gap between what you feel like you have and what is required in a moment. That's good news for us as parents because there are many moments I lack the energy or the compassion that is required in a moment, but it's in that lack that if I will pause long enough and talk to my father, there will be a grace that will show up to help fill in that gap. When I feel like there's a lack in finances in my life, there's a God who wants to be known as the provider in your life. So we don't have to worry about what we eat, drink, wear, or what's going to happen tomorrow because he's already in our tomorrow. He's already making a way where there seems to be. We serve this overabundant provision God who wants to be known to you in this moment. So we don't have to be anxious because we feel a lack or a deficit in some way. This is good news for us. Now, I, I'm talking about being anxious a little bit. and I just want you to know I, I am incredibly empathetic and fully understanding that there are some things when our mental health is on the fritz and, and in deep, we're hitting the red zone in our mental health. That's why there are mental health experts with whom we should be talking to to help us understand and define what is it that we feel anxious about. And I absolutely am pro-therapy and pro-talking to counselors. I think it's absolutely important for so many people. We're just going to push it off to the side. It's like, well, if you're feeling anxious, well, get some more faith. That's the, sorry, about to get a little indignant for a minute. I don't buy it. Sometimes we need to find help. When I break my leg, I need to go see a leg doctor. If my mind isn't right, I need to go see somebody that can help me with my mind. But I do believe that there is a spiritual component to all anxiety. And there is only one great physician who can help you with that. Don't be anxious about anything, but pray. Listen, friends, I believe that prayer is a part of God's way of providing a remedy to the anxiety that we experience. How do we speak up in prayer? We ask. I think sometimes we need to ask friends to pray with us. I think we need to ask God what we need to be praying about. Sometimes you're not sure what to pray. You just know that there's something going on. God, I'm feeling anxious, and I ain't sure why. What should I be praying about right now, Lord? And then we need to ask. Asking requires you to be vocal. Last week we talked about contemplative prayer where we just sit in God's presence. This ain't that. This is a different mode of prayer. Not sitting quietly. Well, he knows my thoughts. I'm just thinking my prayer. Stop it and start asking instead. Use your mouth. He gave it to you for a holy reason. And some of us use it for unholy reasons. About time we practice using it a different way. Ask, vocalize your request. That's what a petition is. 
That's what he says to do. Some of us don't have peace after we pray because we don't pray, we just think about it. That's a good place to say, oh me, oh my. May not be an amen. Right? We just think about it. But he says, ask him. Ask him. Ask him. Asking requires us to be vocal. Friends, I want you to know, Jesus wouldn't tell you to ask if God wasn't listening. God wouldn't tell you to ask if God wasn't listening. Jesus wouldn't have said it. Listen, so when we get vocal, we can know that God is listening and you don't have to compete for his attention. You don't have to compete for his attention. God is not inconvenienced by your prayer. God is not the, the friend in this story in Luke 11. That's not God. God is not represented in that. He's not the one who's sitting there be like, oh my gosh, we're praying about this again? Like, I mean, why don't you just do something about it, dude? Quit talking about it. Like, I am so tired of, like, that's not God. He never tires of hearing you talk to him about those things. He never tires. You don't have to compete for his attention. You're not number seven in the lineup of eight kids or something. Like, all of a sudden, you got to, like, Look at me, God, look at me, God, look at me. Like, he already sees you and knows you. Like, God can handle billions of prayer requests at the same time. Like, he's not like us as earthly parents. No, 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 wait, one at a time. I can only handle, like, well, you talk, okay, now you talk. As if God only can hear multiple people praying on Sunday. You're not inconveniencing God. Friends, here's what I want you to understand. That you can ask without hesitation because God is our Father. You're not an inconvenient traveler. You can say, God, there is something that I'm lacking. Would you please supply this daily bread that I need? He's your Father. And if you, as an earthly father, know how to not give crappy gifts to your kids, I need to calm myself down, Greg. Holy words come out of my mouth, Lord. Listen, you can ask without hesitation because God is listening to you. Yeah, but I'm not special. No one is. And everyone is. So ask, 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 ask without hesitation because God is our Father. Speak up. He's waiting for you to ask him. Number two, what does it look like to speak up? Well, not just ask, but seek. Seek. What does this look like? It means that we seek God's face more than we seek his promises. But it does mean that we can seek God's promises because there are plenty of promises in Scripture from God. So seek out the truth. Seek God's face. Seek the promises of God. Seek out God's solution, not just your idea. I, I think sometimes when we pray, we start seeking God's face on some things. And when we start seeking God's face, sometimes it changes how we pray. 
I think it starts changing. Instead of, instead of praying for the end result, often I will start praying for a small step to occur first. Because God always seems to work most often in our life and in our world in increments. So instead of praying for that person to, to repent and come back to, to God and have their life transformed, just start praying that they will take a small step and be willing to talk to you again. Start praying that they would be willing to watch a sermon online from the comfort of their couch. Start there. And then you pray another increment. Once God answers that prayer, pray the next step, that they maybe come to church with you. Maybe, maybe then they not only come to church, but they enjoy it. And when they come and they enjoy it, they come again, right? And then all of a sudden, they get, they're like, well, tell me about this Bible. I want to read some Bible, right? And you start praying in increments. That's because we start seeking God's way of solutions, not just our preferences. I think we need to seek out God's solutions. When we seek and we speak up, we're really seeking to hear God speak to us. Listen, I think seeking God, this, when Jesus tells us to seek, seek and we'll find it speaks to a sense of urgency and priority. In Matthew 6, Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. So seek God's ways, not your preferences. Seek him. Seek to know him, to be found in him, to be with him. Seek him first. I think this idea of seeking God is very much about this urgency. I got to find it. I gotta find, I gotta find the answer. I gotta find out what God's saying. I gotta figure out what God's doing. I gotta, I gotta get and talk to the Lord. I gotta seek Him. I gotta be with Him. I gotta, I gotta move. I gotta go. Because I can't live like this anymore. There's an urgency to our prayers. A desperation. God, I need your life. I need you to breathe into me, Lord. Lord, I need this. This is the air that I breathe. There's an urgency to our prayers. I think when we start speaking up, there's an urgency and a priority. Seeking God means that we pray first, not pray as a last resort. That we pray instead of get worried. And we keep praying. And we keep seeking God. Jeremiah 29, verse 13, says this. You will seek me and find me. In other words, it's not hide and seek and you never can find him. But you will seek me, and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. What is that? That's a priority. It speaks to an urgency. That speaks to a full, God, your ways. God, I, I need you. I need you. We speak up. We ask. We seek. And friends, we can seek consistently because God wants us to find him faithful. All of these words, ask, seek, knock, they, these are all written in the original language in like this present imperative sense where it's like better said instead of seek, it's actually better said seeking. And even more accurately, it's keep on seeking. A continuation of seeking God. And we can be consistent in our pursuit of God because God wants to be found faithful listen you will see his faithfulness when you start seeking his face when you begin to speak up in prayer and you ask and you start seeking you will find his faithfulness in those moments as you seek his face we ask and we keep on asking we seek and we keep on seeking
We knock and we keep on knocking until heaven shows up in our midst until the answer arrives or our hearts are changed and our prayers shift. We keep on knocking until the will of God is experienced, till bread begins to satisfy, until the anxiety begins to dissipate. We just keep knocking. Friends, asking requires you to be vocal. Seeking requires you to be intentional. And knocking requires that you be a little bit bold. You ever been at a moment and somebody knocks on your door and you're like, who in the, is knocking on my door? How, don't they know? There's a boldness to being willing to knock on someone's door. There's a, a daring, shameless audacity to knocking on someone's door. I'm going to knock and I'm going to keep on knocking. And they're going to open this door just wait. I'm just going to stand here and smile, just keep on knocking. See, you can't ignore the knock. What does it look like to speak up? I think when we start knocking, that's when we start praying a little bit bigger. We start praying faith-filled prayers. We start praying prayers that maybe starts to move mountains and part seas and to create pathways that where there was no way. We start praying some big prayers. God is not afraid of your big prayers. In fact, I think God enjoys hearing you pray big prayers. Just keep knocking. Keep knocking. Keep knocking. Why, why, why can we keep knocking? Here's why. Because Hebrews 4.16 says, so let us come boldly, somebody say boldly, to the throne of our gracious God. And there we will receive mercy and find grace. Don't miss this. To help us when we need it most. Friends, the moment you need the most help is the perfect time to speak up and talk to your father about to pray bold prayers, to, to just knock on the door knowing, knowing that in your knocking, you're acknowledging there is something on the other side of this door that I need access to. Friends, you can knock on the door of heaven in prayers and pray boldly because you belong in his presence. God's on the other side of that door. God's going to meet you on the other side uh, of the request. God wants to meet you on the other side of that, that bold, big prayer. He's waiting to meet you. And as soon as you knock, you're knocking with boldness and some audacious gumption. You're, you, you're like, yeah, I'm getting in on this right here. I'm coming. I don't have to wait for the invitation. I'm making my own invitation. And I'm knocking. Because you belong in this presence. You've been given the righteousness of Jesus. If you're a follower of him, if you put your faith in him, if you've turned and repented and you've walked through the waters of baptism, you are clothed in the righteousness of God and you are a son and a daughter. You are seated in places with Jesus and that means you have an access to get into the very presence of God. You can get on the other side of that door. You belong in the presence of God. You don't have to bury your head in shame or pay the certain penance. No, you belong in the presence of God. So knock with some boldness. This audacious faith. 
Speak up. Why can you speak up? Because God's your father and you don't have to hesitate. Why do you have to speak up? Why, how can you speak up? Because as you are consistent in it, God's going to be found faithful. And you can keep on knocking because you belong in the very presence of God. Friends, this week, I want to challenge you to practice this very thing. Now, throughout this whole collection, we've said, every day, pray the Lord's Prayer. And this week, when you get to the point where you say, give us today our daily bread, I want you to pause and remind yourself to be bold, to speak up, and ask God, boldly petition Father God with the requests that you have. Your request may be different than my request. So speak up and present your request to God. Because he's listening. He wants to be found. And he wants to open up it to you. I love Revelation chapter 3 verse 20. Look, I stand at the door and knock, Jesus said. If you hear my voice and you open the door, look at what Jesus says. I'm going to come in and share a meal together as friends. Friends, any of us who have opened the door of our faith and our allegiance to Jesus can at any moment in time sit with him and share a moment with Jesus. If you've never opened the door of your life and you've never given your full surrender and heart to Jesus, then today is your day to simply say, God, I want to open the door to you in my life. I want you to come in. Give me your spirit. Change me. Give you my heart. Then you have that right to boldly knock again. I love this idea of, of coming in and breaking bread with God. This idea that he tells us not only that, but I want you to pray, give us today our daily bread. This is one of those ideas that daily bread gives us this understanding that there's a daily nourishment that you are requiring and that I'm requiring. There's some daily heavenly calories that you need to consume. These are good carbs, not gluten-laden carbs. These are heavenly carbs. And when you consume this daily bread that he provides, there is a satisfaction in you that is unchanged. And we keep coming to that table as often as we need to. We keep coming to the Lord and saying, Lord, today I need some more bread. I need some more strength today. We can speak up and say, God, I need more wisdom today. We can, we can keep seeking him and says, God, I just need to be in your presence because I'm a little overwhelmed with this anxiety. God, I just need the peace that's found in your presence today. And I keep seeking that every day. You keep knocking on the door and God, I just need to be with you. God, I, I need you to hear me. God, I know that you hear me. I, I want to come in. And I know I belong in there with you. You can speak up. We can do it again and again. And the reason we have to do it every day is because there are moments that we continually need to remind ourselves that we are forgiven and then can freely forgive. We need to remind ourselves every day to keep seeking, to keep asking, to keep knocking because I have a continual need for Jesus in my life. You have a continual need for Jesus in your life. This is why we pray, give us today what we need from you, Jesus. 
the moment we need. Friends, we pray continually. We speak up continually. Keep seeking, keep asking, keep knocking. Why? Because anxiety tends to show up on the daily too. Overwhelming feelings and thoughts show up often. And we have a God who wants to supply all of our needs in every moment to be our full sufficiency in all things. I want you to get out your communion elements. Would you? Give us this day, God, our daily bread. You know, we come to the Lord's table and we eat the bread, which represents his, his body. Bread. The thing you need to keep living. The thing that makes us whole and satisfied is bread. It's the bread of heaven. The juice that represents his blood poured out, which forgives and removes the stain of our sin which gives us the right to boldly come to God with whatever request or petition we have. It's the bread, it's the juice, it's coming to the table of the Lord that Jesus opens the door and invites us to come to the table. Why do we keep coming to the table as a church every week? To remind us that we need Jesus every day. We need it daily bread. John 6, 48 says it like this. Jesus is talking. I am the bread of life. Here's the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone can eat and not die. But I am the living bread that came down from heaven. And whoever eats this bread lives forever very act of taking communion is a declaration of our faith, fidelity, and trust that Jesus is enough. That he's enough. That he's what we need. His forgiveness and his wholeness. His forgiveness that makes us right to be with God and his body, which makes us whole, lacking nothing that satisfies whatever it is that we're lacking. Jesus is what we need. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes as we come to this moment? At home, you can close your eyes and grab your elements as well. And it's in this moment where you can, if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, simply say, Jesus, I give you my life. I believe in you. For those of us as followers, this is the moment where we can pause and say, God, here's where I'm lacking. And we can speak up and come and receive what we need. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for speaking to our hearts today. For giving us the confidence to know that we can speak up we can ask because you're listening. We can seek you because you're faithful and you're not moving. And God, we can keep knocking on the door because we can have boldness and confidence to come into your presence knowing that we belong 
with you because of what Jesus has done. He is the bread of life. Let's take the bread together. And now the juice. Would you stand with me as I pray a blessing over us today? Father, in the name of Jesus, we're grateful that because of what you did at the cross and our faith in you, that we can come boldly and we can speak up knowing that you are our Heavenly Father who is listening, that you are faithful and you haven't moved. We can find you again as we seek you. And Lord, we can knock. And when we knock, you open the door and invite us into your presence, into this relationship with you, So, Lord, this week, may we not worry or fret, but rather, Lord, help us to speak up and bring our requests to you. And, Lord, I pray, would you bless us and keep us? Would you make your face shine on us and be gracious to us? Would you lift your countenance towards us and give us peace? In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and all God's people said, amen. Hey, friends and family, I hope today's message was life-giving for you. I want to ask you to take a next step and go ahead and click the subscribe button so you never miss another chance to have an encounter with God. And while you're at it, take another step and share it with a friend. Maybe post it on your social network or text a coworker the link. And when you do that, you are partnering and get to be a part of seeing faith come to life in them. Hey, if Faith Church has made an impact in your life, if these messages are helping you gain traction in your faith, would you consider partnering with us financially? When you do that, it helps us widen our reach so that more people can have an encounter with the real Jesus. You can find information and ways to give on our central hub, faithchurchks.org. If if you live in the Southeast Kansas region, we'd love to see you in person at one of our Sunday services. You can find those times on our hub as well, faithchurchks.org. Hey, remember this, God is for you and we love you.